Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. There are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you listen to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content. Welcome back to the Wellness Farmer Podcast. I have another great guest on. Uh, this is someone that I've been wanting to talk to just because what I find what he talks about is very interesting. So if I find it interesting, I'm pretty sure the majority of my listeners are going to find it very interesting. So I'm, I'm excited to bring on Greg Schmaus. Uh, and it's, it's the first time that we've chatted. This is the first time we're getting together. So this is going to be an interesting and very in, enlightful conversation for me and I, course for you the listeners this i hope this to, this will help you out and be a better person a more healthy person internally and externally so we can live our lives just that much better but before we get to the main content of course all of our all of our guests need to kind of give us that windy road of how they got to where they are uh, greg is going to have that same opportunity so we can get to know him just absolutely. a little bit more before we get into that into the conversation so greg again thanks for coming on i'm, I'm super stoked to have you on and let, let's let's learn just a little bit about who you are and where you come from Absolutely. So I was born and raised in New Jersey. I was a very quiet kid. I was also very athletic. And my athletic pursuits brought me to leaving home at 16. I moved to South Carolina, where I attended a golf and tennis academy. And I was pursuing golf as one of my real passions. And at the age of 18, I got a scholarship to play Division I golf at the University of Houston. And halfway through my freshman year at the University of Houston, I experienced what's called a testicular torsion and I had to go in for surgery. And as I was coming out of anesthesia, as I was coming out of surgery, I started experiencing a lot of mental, emotional challenges, a lot of um, insomnia, a lot of anxiety, a lot of obsessive compulsive patterns that I had never experienced before. And it was really just, you know, the snap of a finger, my life had changed. And this really kind of sparked my healing journey that I went on for a good decade. And that's what really brought me to a lot of the work of holistic health and healing. And eventually um, meeting my mentor, Paul Check, who I studied and um, was coached with, coached by for almost three and a half years. And that really delivered me to my life path, my work and my sense of kind of purpose and mission that I really share with a lot of my listeners and my clients today. Nice. I, I really enjoy Paul Check and all that he does too. So it's a great conversation. I knew I knew for that sure. you kind of fought when I knew you followed him, but I didn't know that you were under under him for three and a half years. This is really exciting. This is so cool. Yeah, we did a lot of one-on-one work together. So it was really a great experience and opportunity for me. And, and how did how did he how did he help you or what was that whole what was that whole experience? Did he help you heal too? Or did, is, is, was he part of that process? 
Well, he was really my coach and therapist for my own personal healing. So yes, I've studied with him as a, as an instructor and a coach as, you know, myself working as a Czech practitioner, but he was also my kind of personal guide on my own journey. So we did um, pretty much weekly coaching for just under three years. And, you know, that was really, you know, like Paul used to say to me, like, this is not your therapy, this is your internship. And what he was really saying is a lot of times um, the healing journey that we have to go on on a personal level is really delivering us to the work that our soul came here to do on a professional level. So a lot of the, the tools and techniques and practices and a lot of the healing work that he taught me for my own journey is really all the tools that I share with my clients in my coaching practice and my online program. So it was really um, an opportunity to really align with my life path and kind of go on my own hero's journey on a personal level and then be able to kind of come home and share the medicine, so to speak, with a lot of the people I'm in contact with and work with today. Nice. And I believe that to be so true because I see that in my own life. I see all, all, all the hard moments in my life is where I is where I learned and then how I can help other people that are passing through similar moments. So I totally agree with you. Awesome. Well, let's get into the main content. And what I really liked about your work is how you talk a lot about how we need to balance our nervous systems before anything else. Because if the mm -hmm. nervous system isn't balanced, it's going to be very tough to decrease any type of dis-ease that we have in our body or any type of problem that we're experiencing. And that could be, that could be physical or emotional. It, there's, there's many symptoms that, that, that dis-ease can cause. But how, how do you usually help people start that whole process of balancing out that nervous system? Well, I always try and start with the basics. Like if you study Paul's teachings in the um, at the Czech Institute, he talks about the four doctors and the six foundation principles, which are really diet and lifestyle principles. So I always start with cleaning up the diet, making sure that, you know, people are getting to bed on time and having good sleep hygiene, um, quality movement practices and balancing that working out and the working in. So a lot of the exercise and, you know, hard workouts, balancing that with restorative movement like Tai Chi and Qigong and stretching and mobilizing. And then I also make sure that we take a look at where some of the unnecessary stress might be coming from, whether it's from, you know, stressful relationships or um, mismanagement of, let's say the use of technology is a big one. Um, but I always try and first and foremost, go after the low hanging fruit and then kind of build from there. For example, a lot of people's nervous systems are out of balance because of their breathing patterns. A lot of people who have kind of like the mouth breathing, chest breathing pattern that keeps them in this chronic sympathetic state, this chronic fight or flight state. So even shifting someone's breathing pattern goes a long way in balancing their nervous system. So first and foremost, I always go after the low hanging fruit, diet, sleep, movement, breath, relationships, a lot of the real foundational principles, making sure that they have clear direction in their life. They're really attuned to their needs and their values. And a lot of times the nervous system really gets out of balance when we're not dialing in the basics. And I think that's something that our culture really misses out on these days is we have this addiction to a lot of the complexity, but we overlook the simplicity. So for me, really getting back to the basics and dialing in the power of simplicity, 
really helps us feel more grounded in ourselves, and the nervous system starts to relax and starts to calm down because it's getting its basic needs met. I think that's one reason why the nervous system gets so out of whack is it's almost like the system feels like its basic needs are not getting met for like real food, good sleep, quality movement, good water, real breath, grounding in nature, not overstimulating yourself with too much information and too much technology and social media and having healthy boundaries and just getting those needs and values dialed in, I think is kind of the prerequisite before you go into any of the deeper work, which might be, you know, childhood trauma or things like that. So it's really dialing in the basics, getting that foundational principles dialed in, getting that simplicity dialed in, and then kind of building from there. Uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's, it, to me, it seems like every year um, they're trying to make what health is more complicated. It's every year there's mm-hmm. something new that's complicating something that's so simple. By dialing in, like you were saying, dialing in just a couple of things, how we rest, how we move, what we eat, how we think. I mean, if we can just dial in these, these I'm, I'm not saying easy, but, but simple concepts, our, our life becomes so much more simple in, in, in what it is and what is looking for and improving our overall health and, and quality of of life and it seems like yeah it seems like the people are trying to complicate it more and more and more with different different ways to to get better rest get better i mean i mean it's it's really if we follow the sun and the moon we'll we'll rest better (laughs) if we eat what's growing outside we'll we'll eat better i mean there's some things that are just so basic and it seems like people are trying to complicate them and if we could just return to what like you say just return to simplicity and and how and make life as simple as possible our own nervous system we will 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 kind of balance itself out because it's it's important to have a balance it's important like it's not like always in parasympathetic or always in sympathetic, but it needs, we need to have a balance because we need to have those stressful moments also, I imagine. And you, and you talk about that too, also, correct? Absolutely. I mean, we have the yin and the yang and you can't have one without the other. So any sort of imbalance um, is no good. And that's where we really need to, number one, honor the laws of nature. And one thing I love about your podcast is that you really ground yourself in nature. And that's what your podcast is really about. And for me, the laws of nature, which I talk about in my, my new online program, which is understanding the seasons, understanding the elements and the rhythms and the cycles of our lives and how, you know, the four seasons exist within us, the four elements exist within us and how we can start using them as a way of balancing ourselves and the nervous system starts responding to that. For example, the earth element is really your sense of feeling grounded, feeling rooted, The water element is a lot of your cooling, your rest, your recovery, a lot of the yin nature. The fire element is more of the yang, which is our doing and our producing. And the air element is kind of like the breath and the elevation. So we're balancing these four elements. And a lot of times where we get out of balance is where those elements become out of balance. For example, people who say I'm burnt out, what they're saying is I have too much fire, not enough water right? And I actually need more water to put the inner fire out. Well, if someone is anxious, so to speak, someone who struggles with anxiety, a lot of times they're very ungrounded. They're too much of the air element, kind of like a a kite with no tail being blown around by the wind where they need to be more grounded and rooted in the earth. 
So a lot of times you can actually work with people's challenges just by using the four elements as a form of alchemy. And you can give them tools and practices that really support each of the elements and bring himself back into balance. Also, you have this seasonal rhythm. So for example, spring is that morning awakening. Summertime is where you go to work and you kind of get the job done. And fall is when you, you know, come home and reground yourself and unwind. And then winter is where we rest, restore and recover and the cycle repeats. But right now we're living in a culture that's addicted to summer. And a lot of times we work late into the night, we skip the season of fall or autumn, and we try and go right from summer into winter. And then we're laying in bed overheated and overstimulated. And we're wondering like, why can't I sleep? And we call this insomnia. And that leads to a lot of addictions of people using substances, trying to knock themselves unconscious, not realizing that they skipped a whole season, which was the wind down phase, the cooling phase to, pre to prepare themselves for winter. And then people jump right out of winter and go right into summer and they're working within 10 minutes and they skipped the spring phase, which was the awakening and the preparation. So there's no morning routine and morning ritual and kind of sacred boundaries to prepare yourself for the day. So you're more responsive and not reactive. So a lot of these ways in which we're mismanaging the seasons and the elements and the rhythms and the cycles that creates huge stress in the nervous system. Another thing that just popped in my mind when you were sharing earlier, how we're always kind of like looking to add that next thing each year, there's always like new technologies and new biohacks and new this and new that, is for me, healing actually happens when you're not adding things in, but you're subtracting what needs to be taken out. So for many of the clients I work with and myself, what I've noticed is in order for us to heal, there's something that needs to be taken out, not something that needs to be added in. And a lot of times it's, for example, with your diet, you can eat all the fruits and vegetables you want, but if you're eating all kinds of processed crap, like processed sugar and, you know, GMO grains and things like and vegetable oils, like the fruit is the fruits and vegetables going to have that much of an effect adding that in. If you didn't take out the stuff that was causing the issue in the first place, there might be like small improvements, but in the long run, if you know, the crap is still in there. It's never really gonna, you're never really gonna heal. Or, you know, if someone is drinking too much alcohol or using too many recreational drugs, it's a lot of times, it's what needs to be removed. It's not really what needs to be added in. And I think a lot of times we think, okay, like what's that next thing that I need to add in? What's that next tool or that next superfood or that next supplement that I need to add in? It's like, well, there's so much in your life that you need to remove first. And once you remove all of the things that are no longer serving you, what happens is you get back to the basics and you create space inside of you for healing to happen. So I think that it's just this illusion that we always need to add when in fact, what we need to do more of is the subtraction. Oh yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I completely agree with that. The more we, the more we take out, the, the more simple we make it, the healthier we are. I loved how you talked about the seasons. It's funny how you were talking about that in just a couple of posts back on Instagram. That's exactly what I talked about. And I talked about what season are you in right now? But yeah, not only that, I it, saw that post. Not, not only that, I, it was really interesting to the, the whole summer, the, the spring and the summer and, and how we start our days off. And I've noticed a big thing in my life. I'll just share this. I mean, I've always tried to have somewhat of a morning routine, but in the last, let's see, maybe year, maybe a little bit more, 
Mm-hmm. I've had a morning routine. Well, I've had something that I do every morning, almost every morning, unless an emergency happens where I get up, I'll put on, I'll put on the, the teapot to heat up water. And during that time, the water is heating up, I'll, I'll stretch. I'll stretch mm-hmm. and then I'll go outside and do more stretching, uh, specifically on my hip joints so I can, so I can get better motion in my hip joints. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, once I'm done with that, and once I'm outside done watering the garden, I come inside and I get ready to sit down in front of the computer. To, it's, it's so much more beautiful what's in my mind. It's so much more mm-hmm. the content that I'm able to, to, to bring from my mind onto the page, onto the computer is so much, well, at least for me, so much more fulfilling. It feels like a, it's like this is what needs to be written down. And just having that time yet to, to spring, to get ready for that summer and try to, and as, as a daily habit, I, it's helped me quite a bit in my personal life. That's why I love how you talk about that because I've seen in my personal life how much it's, it's, it's helped me. So as we simplify, uh, as we as we simplify and everything that, that opens things up and let's just let's just dive just a little bit more deeper I, I believe what we're trying to get at and then once we can dive a little bit more deeper we can really get into the deep stuff that really helps us become who we're supposed to be I imagine and, and how do you kind of help people so once we kind of get to that basic level how do you kind of help people dive just a little bit more deeper and, and really bring out who they truly are and, and, and find their purpose and all that great stuff that we should all be trying to look for in, in, in ourselves so we can help serve more people around us. How do you help them do that? Well, for me, you know, a couple of things there is number one, remember the prerequisite to healing is having a reason to heal. Most people that come into my office with back pain or OCD or anxiety or digestive issues or whatever it might be, you ask them, well, they say they want to get out of pain or they want to resolve this issue, but they ask them why. Most of them don't actually have a good enough reason why. That's why in, you know, Paul Check's teachings in the Czech Institute, the first thing that you identify is what is that person's dream? What do they love enough to change for? And what is it that they want to create for themselves? And remember, if you're not creating what you want, you're probably creating what you don't want. And if you don't have a reason to heal and you don't have a big enough dream, you're probably going to stay engaged in your crisis or whatever your challenge might be. Because if your dream's not big enough, the crisis actually gives you something to engage your energy into. So a lot of people say, I want to heal. But if you actually take away their pain and take away their challenges, there's kind of like this feeling of like, okay, now what? Now, now, where do I invest my energy? Where do I invest my attention and my focus and my time? And that's where finding a sense of purpose, finding your sense of mission and really understanding what your dream is, is absolutely essential. That becomes your inner compass. That becomes your North Star that gives you direction in life. And when you have that dream, you don't need your crisis anymore because you have something that you want to create. You have something that you want to engage your life into. Now, a lot of people get stuck there. A lot of people get blocked. And that's where, for me, one thing is really important is understanding archetypes. And archetypes are really the root language of the psyche. And archetypes are really the patterns that get played out in our life and relationships, et cetera. And we all have four survival archetypes that show up when we're under stress, when we're in survival mode, when we're in crisis, or when that nervous system is out of balance. And those are the victim, the saboteur, the child, and the prostitute. So the victim is the part of us that's really addicted to our crisis, that kind of 
you know, feels powerless, fails to take action, is looking to be rescued, things like that. The saboteur is where we have a lot of fears and limiting beliefs and we end up self-sabotaging all the time. The child is where we look for authority figures to take care of us or we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, playing the approval game or looking for mother and father archetypes to take care of us. And we fail to really take self-responsibility. And then the prostitute archetype is where we negotiate or compromise ourselves, where we're not in full alignment with our values, where we don't know how to differentiate what's a yes for us and what's a no for us. So for me, diving deeper into these core survival archetypes really allows the person to understand the patterns that are showing up in their life. And a lot of people's healing journey is really understanding why patterns keep repeating themselves, why patterns keep showing up over and over and over again. And a lot of that is where we're playing the victim, where we're playing the saboteur, where we're playing the child, where we're playing the prostitute. And once we start understanding these archetypes and how they're showing up in our life, it really opens the door to a lot more freedom, liberation, and empowerment. And that to me is really essential is the currency of healing is power. And a lot of people don't heal is be, the, one of the reasons a lot of people don't heal is they feel really disempowered in themselves. So really healing requires reclaiming the energy that we've given away. And the energy that we've given away is where we've given our power away. And honestly, for me, a lot of what we're seeing in the pandemic is the survival archetypes that are coming up to the surface looking to be healed. And it's really understanding how we're relating to our personal power. So that's a lot of the work I do with my clients and my coaching practice and in my online programs is understanding a lot of these archetypal patterns that play out inside of us and removing a lot of the obstacles and where we're blocked and where they're showing up in more of the shadow element. And as soon as we bring light to these parts of ourselves, then it almost happens naturally that we reconnect with our power and we reconnect with our purpose. And we start to heal. And yeah. we start to heal. Yeah. And Absolutely. I'm just listening to all that you're saying. And, and I look and I see, well, I look at those, those four archetypes and Sabatua would probably be where I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, that's probably where I'm kind of at this moment right now, where I can kind of see where mm -hmm. I can, I can see, well, yeah, look at that. I mean, I have a hard time. I, I seem to, I seem to get down on myself quite a bit because I think I'm not providing or doing what I should be doing or how well I should be doing it. And I get, and then I get down on myself and that kind of, I mean, how you're explaining it, it's like, wow, I'm, so I have to look and see, well, why is that happening? And how can I bring power back to me so I can fully heal? Because if I'm not fully healed, how am I supposed to help other people heal? I mean, and that's something that, that always, that always comes to my mind because that's, I've been working and trying to help people as much as I can become the best versions of themselves through, through basically changing their, 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 their thought process on what healing and what health truly is. But I'm in the same process. I'm in the same yeah. process, healing myself and trying to find the best way to, to, and, and then, so I look at this and it's like, wow, so this is what we need to this is what we need to start looking to <laughs> and i can and i can kind of see where you're going at there is and and how i can help myself become can receive return to have the power that's that i need to truly heal myself and 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 heal all those past events that maybe haven't been i, I won't say not not good but that i haven't you i haven't fully used to their to their to their 
potential to, to help me be the better person that I know I can be. Sure. And, you know, um, I'll just add to that and just shine a little light on what you just shared is um, whenever we have painful experiences in our upbringing, in our childhood, anytime we have any trauma, there's a part of our psyche that kind of fragments off and stays trapped in that experience. In shamanism, that's called soul loss, where a piece of the soul fragments and that part of our consciousness stops growing in that moment and stays trapped in that experience. And as we move forward in our life, what happens is the lens that we perceive our reality from is still based on the lens we perceived reality from, from that traumatic experience. So our perception of ourselves and our perception of others and our perception of life is still distorted because a piece of our consciousness is still trapped in that past trauma. And when we get trapped in that experience, we start drawing conclusions about ourselves. We start creating these storylines about ourselves. And the way in which we perceive ourselves is still based on that old experience. So the reason I bring this up is when you were sharing about your own archetypes, what I was feeling inside of you is not actually the saboteur, but the child archetype. And the child archetype is the part of us that perceives ourselves the way we felt perceived by authority figures when we were younger. So the way in which we're looking at ourselves in the mirror is the same way we felt as though mom or dad was looking at us, whether it was, you're not smart enough, or you're not doing enough, or, you know, you're not producing enough, or you're not successful enough. A lot of those belief systems that we perceive ourselves, the lens in which we perceive ourselves from, is really based on the programming that we received from our parents and our teachers and our coaches when we were very programmable when we were younger, when we were, you know, seven, eight years old and still just downloading from the outer world. We don't have any filtration system. So a lot of the child archetype is really healing those old perceptions of ourselves and developing a new vision for ourselves based on what is, you know, what feels true for us rather than how we felt perceived by the outer world when we were younger. And that's, that's not easy. And it can be painful at times. <laughs> it can be hard to look at. It can be hard yeah. to look at. But that, uh-huh. Yeah. Once you start taking a look at it, once you start taking a look at it and you start to understand that the perceptions you have about yourself, others, and your life, were really based on the programs that were instilled into you. Once you have that awareness, you begin to um, create more freedom and space inside of yourself to develop your own perceptions, to, to develop your own belief systems, to develop your own ideas and perspectives. And you know that's something that's important to understand is what we call an ego is just a collection of ideas. It's a collection of belief systems that we've accumulated over the course of our lifetime. And if you ask someone, well, if you wrote down all of your thoughts, ideas, and belief systems onto a page, and then you went through them and said, okay, how many of these are originally mine? It's, you could probably count on one hand how many of them are originally yours. So you're like, okay, well, the lens in which I'm perceiving my reality from is still based on ideas from others that were programmed into me. So a lot of the individuation process that Carl Jung talks about is really being able to kind of 
filter through those ideas and belief systems in the psyche and say, okay, well, which ones are serving me and which ones am I ready to let go of? And a lot of the healing journey for every individual, whether it's anxiety or digestion or back pain, a lot of it is being able to let go of the belief systems and the storylines that we've been living by that are not ours and no longer serving us. So that's where, you know, understanding myth is really important. The myth is the storyline that we live by. And a lot of times our healing crisis or our health crisis or our um, middle age crisis, um, midlife crisis is when the old myth is no longer serving us. And now we're ready to create what's called a counter myth, which is a new story that emerges from within yourself that you feel more aligned in. And the healing process is letting go of the old myth or the old story that wasn't yours originally, you basically adopted it and allow the counter myth or the new myth to emerge from inside of you. And for a lot of people, when I'm working with clients and they start healing, all of a sudden it's a career change because they realize that the job that they chose was they chose it because it's what they thought they have to do, what their, what their parents wanted them to do or what their religion or culture or society told them they had to do. And all of a sudden they cleared that old myth and they're starting to heal. And they're like, wow, like I'm reconnecting with a new sense of purpose. And I want to be a farmer or I want to be a, an artist or I want to be a musician. And we start, you know, realigning ourselves with our inner truth rather than adopting a truth that was given to us and a lot of that is really where you know the healing takes place and once someone finds that i imagine the healing process it speeds up incredibly once they find like wow this is actually who i am and i imagine this the healing process speeds up so incredibly fast what i've seen with a lot of my patients is that but that getting to that point getting to that point is is very difficult and, and, and can be very painful emotionally. And what I've seen is is emotional pain sometimes is, is a lot harder to go through than physical pain. It's it's like that's why people don't go there because it's it's it, emotionally it, the pain is worse than actually experiencing something physical, even though when we are emotional if experiencing emotional pain, it can present itself as something physical but usually that that just that emotional it's like that's where they stop and like no let's go back i don't want to go through that that's that's really painful and 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 the and the i think the point is trying to help the people kind of get over that one last hump of of that no i can't do this and yes you can do this and then yeah once they see that it what i've seen it's beautiful all of a sudden yeah they, they start to they start to flower and it's it's a beautiful experience but getting most people want to go back and most people do go back and that's why they never see the potential they truly have because they, they just can't take that emotional pain at that one last moment because it's so it's so it's so deep that they they just they kind of retreat and i've seen that and, and it's it's sad but at the same time it gives them another opportunity and, and the opportunities continue and we'll always have those opportunities but what it, it, you were talking about how how a little bit about our, our ego and i thought that was really interesting and it's it basically it's, yeah, it's just what we've what people have been telling us are basically our whole lives and one of the things you talked about is is what, what was it? It was, it was controversy or conflict in that how sometimes I remember you talking about how sometimes we even seek out this conflict because it's just, it's just part of kind of the way, um, the, the amount of 
imbalance in our in our in our nervous system we kind of seek out that yeah. conflict to, to kind of try to balance it out and i thought that was quite interesting about not the whole seek out conflict and then and then how the whole the whole ego you're also talking about how the ego um only ex suffering only exists through our through our ego or something like that you were you were talking yeah. about and i thought that was really interesting could you explain just a little bit about how how when our when our nervous system is out of balance, we actually seek out conflict, which would be kind of weird to, to hear, but it's something that we do subconsciously. Yeah, so it's really interesting how we seek out conflict as a way of rebalancing ourselves, And the way in which we do this, for example, if someone's mismanaging their diet and their lifestyle and their mind and their emotions, and it's creating a lot of wind up inside of them, think about like, um, when you shake a soda bottle, the pressure builds and builds and builds and builds. The conflict is very often the release valve. So the conflict is a way of like taking the cap off and allowing all of that pressure to be released. And what that does is it starts to unwind the nervous system. So that's one element is the conflict is a release valve that allows the system to unwind. The other element is kind of like the opposite polarity where a lot of people experience a lot of fatigue and when we experience a lot of fatigue a lot of people for example go for a cup of coffee and the coffee gives them a boost of energy why because it gives them a boost of cortisol it gives them a lift in their stress hormone levels well conflict does the same thing a lot of times we seek out conflict to get a release of cortisol to actually intentionally create a stress response to kind of fire up the adrenal glands. And all of a sudden we feel like we have a little bit of a boost of energy. So the conflict is kind of like, um, it's kind of like a cup of coffee that gives us that stress response that gives us that cortisol release and gives us a little bit more energy. So the conflict that we seek as a way of unwinding ourselves is kind of a way that we bring ourselves back down when we're too wound up. The conflict that we seek as a source of um, cortisol and a stress hormone release is how we bring ourselves back up to baseline. So there's the two polarities. The unwinding brings us back down. The seeking conflict because we're tired and fatigued brings us back up. And now that brings us back to baseline. In terms of the ego and the suffering, so this one gets a little bit more complex, but I think obviously your listeners, if they're listening to you they're they've dove into themselves and kind of explored a lot of these deeper concepts in the past, which is the ego only exists within time and space, right? So the ego exists within this illusion of linear time. The ego has this idea of past, present, future, which linear time is a construct that we've created in order for us to be able to navigate life. But in nature, in reality, linear time doesn't exist. Time is simply cyclical. There's nothing in nature that's linear. Everything is cyclical. So we create linear time. We create these numerical values that we add to time and you know, whatever it might be. Past, present, future is really an illusion. Anything that's in the past is an idea happening in the present. Anything in the future is an idea happening in the present. So that's what a lot of the spiritual teachers call the eternal now. That's the eternal present moment. 
And if you think about, for example, the cross, a lot of the mystics say, well, the horizontal axis is linear time, past on the left, present in the middle, future to the right. The vertical axis is vertical time, which is the eternal now. And when it comes to healing, for example, I was at a Caroline Miss workshop, who's an expert in these archetypes. And she was talking about the cross and vertical time and linear time being the horizontal axis. And how a lot of times when we carry a lot of baggage with us, we carry a lot of limiting belief systems, we carry a lot of old stories, we carry a lot of resentment, we carry a lot of stuff inside of us. What happens is she calls that psychic weight. And what happens is when we carry more and more psychic weight, that vertical axis starts to tip down and down and down until it becomes a horizontal axis. And now healing takes more time. Where the vertical axis, things happen immediately. It's the eternal now. That's where miracles happen. That's where spontaneous healings happen is in that vertical axis of that eternal now. But the more psychic weight you carry, the more that vertical tips into the horizontal. And now healing takes years and years and years and years until we let go of the psychic weight. Once we drop the psychic weight by letting go of our belief systems and storylines and ideas and programs and all that kind of stuff, then we can really exist in that vertical axis. And that's where healing happens because the vertical axis is a channel that allows healing to take place. But also, if you take this a little bit further and what you were talking about with, you know, when certain painful emotions rise up in people, they're like, oh, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to experience that. First of all, we use physical pain to avoid emotional pain. So a lot of times we harbor physical pain in the body as a way of redirecting us away from emotional pain that we don't want to experience. So a lot of times when we have physical pain, we have to go into the emotional body and say, well, what am I unwilling to feel right now? What is it that I'm unwilling to process? And the reason we're not willing to feel it or we're not willing to process it is this ego of ours has this idea of permanence. And this idea of permanence is if I let this emotion in and I start feeling it for a period of time, then that's it. It's never going to leave. So I was experiencing it five minutes ago. I'm experiencing it now. Therefore, I'm going to be experiencing it in five minutes, five hours, five days, five months, five years from now. So the ego has this illusion that if I let it in, it's never going to leave, which is why the Buddhists talk about the number one the first law that Buddha taught was the law of impermanence, which is whatever you're experiencing, this too shall pass. So the ego doesn't really have this knowledge of impermanence and thinks that whatever it's, it's experiencing in this moment, that's it. You know, that's what it's going to be experiencing for eternity. So if you actually welcome the emotion in knowing that, okay, I'm going to be feeling this, but if I allow myself to open myself to the experience of this emotion, then the emotion moves through me just like food moves through your digestive system. The emotions move through your emotional digestive system and you digest it, you assimilate it. Then you have a nice emotional bowel movement, just like the food moves through you naturally. But the more we restrict, repress and disassociate from those emotions, that's where we start creating physical pain because buried emotions never die. They're always living right inside of you until they've been processed, assimilated, and eliminated. So 
the ego, when it comes to this idea of time, past, present, future, creates all of these ideas of, I was experiencing this shame five minutes ago, I'm experiencing this shame now, I'm going to be experiencing this shame for an indefinite period of time. And all of a sudden, the ego's like, well, then let's not let's avoid it at all costs. But the soul says, well, if we welcome it in, and we allow ourselves to feel it, and we allow ourselves to be present with it, we allow that emotion to serve its purpose to run its course. And just like the emotion being energy in motion, it simply moves through us. So that's where a lot of this, you know, a lot of the spiritual teachings say pain is, in, is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Well, that's what they're saying is you're going to feel pain, but you don't have to suffer. The suffering is really the resistance that we create to the pain or the resistance that we create to whatever we're experiencing inside of us. So a lot of times I use a mantra for myself and with my clients. And the mantra is, I surrender to this moment as eternity. I surrender to eternity as this moment. And once you start feeling into that, this moment as eternity and eternity as this moment, what you realize is time is simply a series of present moments unfolding now. And the, this idea of past, present, future, yesterday, today, or tomorrow is simply a series of present moments. So what if you're willing to fully surrender into this moment as it is, knowing it's the only moment you're ever going to experience and then all of a sudden what happens is emotions rise up and emotions clear out. Thoughts come, thoughts go. Feelings rise up, feelings pass through. And you start to restore the natural flow of thoughts, feelings, emotions, sensations. And it just becomes like a river that you ride and you just allow things to take their course. And that's where you start to enter that flow and you start to enter that vertical axis where um, healing can happen naturally and we don't have to prolong healing by that psychic weight tipping us into that horizontal axis of linear time wow and it, it makes so much sense and it's so beautiful you said it in a beautiful way and 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 i mean we're getting at the end of the time but and then and then we look at what what I guess we can call it modern medicine or what we, what we call medicine today. And it, they, the exact opposite. I mean, they're just trying to find symptoms and reduce a symptom and, and we never heal. We never heal through that way. The only way through. And, and I love how you said that healing can be very quick. If we can just remember to maintain in that horizontal axis, we can, we can heal a lot quicker than we think. And I see people, yeah, I see, I see people, unfortunately, that are on, that are on a, uh, a medication for years thinking that mm -hmm. that's that's it i'm going to be on this medication for but your body can heal even 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 those things that you think it cannot it it can heal if we just give it what it needs and stay in and stay in that horizontal axis which i think is mm -hmm. is incredibly you said incredibly beautifully and, and i appreciate your word and and it and it helps me understand it just a little bit more i love i love hearing the perspective of different people because it helps me understand so much more of what i thought i already knew <laughs> i mean i but it makes it so much more easy to understand and it's beautiful thank you so much for those words i mean we're Absolutely. at the we're coming to, um, I would, we're coming to the very end. I mean, is there, is there any, is there any way that my listeners can get in contact with you, get to know more of what you do? Because this was just, this was, I mean, we talked for maybe 30, 45 minutes, but it's so little of what really, what really who you are. So how can, how can people get to know you and where can they find you? 
Yeah, so if your listeners are interested in working with me um, personally in my one-on-one coaching practice, which I work in person and remotely on Zoom and Skype, so I have clients all over the world that I work with, they can go to healing4d.com. That's healing and the number four d.com. And they can see a lot of my coaching and program offerings. If they're interested in my new online program, which I just launched a new online program a couple of months ago, which is called Healing the Mind, a Journey to Wholeness. It's a 21-day guided program, which is a complete holistic and integrative approach to mental emotional health. But a lot of the work in the course you can apply to healing from anything because a lot of what we talked about today is the work that you have to do, no matter what your symptoms are, very often, you know, the same healing work and the same root causes. So if you're Listeners are interested in enrolling in my 21-day online program. They can go to healing4d.com forward slash HTM, and they can use the code podcast20, and they can save 20% off on their enrollment. So that's healing4d.com forward slash HTM, and use the code podcast20, and they can get 20% off if they're ready to dive into their healing journey. So those are the two best places to find me is healing4d.com for my one-on-one coaching, healing4d.com forward slash htm for my online program. And if they want to set up a call with me to explore um, what my coaching options are and what might best serve them for them as an individual, they can set up a call with me by going to healing4d.com forward slash call and they can schedule it right then and there. And we can discuss which coaching option, which program option would be best for them at this time. Beautiful. Well, thanks a ton for coming on. I mean, I just appreciate the words that you were able to speak in this 45 minutes that we had. And, and it's, it's a huge, it helps me. So I know it's going to help my listeners. So I appreciate you coming on, Greg. It's always, it's always a, I love bringing guests on because it's, it's a great way for me to continue to learn. And I love to learn. And, and every time I, every time I bring someone on, I'm learning something new. So it's so beautiful. Um, If you guys are listening to this tag us too on Instagram, Tag us on Instagram. Let us let let us let you know that you got to know Greg through me, and then tag us, and we'll tag you right back. It's always fun to to grow community virtually too. I think it's a fun thing to do, and we, if we use it properly, I mean, it's it's a great thing. It's a great it's a great tool. So as long as we're using it properly, it can be a great tool. So so if you're listening to this, and we'll tag us, and we'll tag you right back, and we can start we can get to know each other. Again, thanks again, thanks a ton for coming on, Greg, and and thanks for having me, Ben. I really enjoyed it. Oh, anytime, anytime, my pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Hopefully. (laughs) Uh, Take care. What an episode with Greg. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, I am listening to that one over again. It was a beautiful conversation. I enjoyed it. Before I let you all go, remember, this is a grassroots movement. This grows because we get the word out one by one, one person at a time. A great way to get the word out is leaving a review of this podcast. My goal is to get 50 before the end of the year. So that means we have two months. We have two months to get to 50 reviews. Help me reach that goal if you haven't. I know there's a lot of you listening that haven't. If you haven't left a review, go leave a review on iTunes. Type in the Wellness Farmer Podcast, and at the bottom, there's a button to rate and review the show. Rate and review the show so we can get this to as many people as possible because things like what we talked about with Greg are becoming more and more important. Join my email list to never miss an episode. And by doing that, you also get my my book, Earth and Us, Heal Naturally, absolutely free. And then buying my books as gifts for others is a great way to support and get the word out. Give Playing in the Dirt, The Four Pillars of Health, and a short ebook called Mental Well-Being Made Simple as Gifts. If you're in the States, I am going to make it even easier to give my books as a gift. 
only you listening get this co this offer. If you buy two or more books from my website to give as gifts using the code GIFT, you will only have to pay $10 a book. Now talk about a wonderful gift of continuous giving for that price. And finally, join my membership where we go so much more deeper into how we bring the garden and our connection to nature and earth into the forefront of our journey for greater health and well-being. The first 50 members will get an incredibly reduced price and be locked into that price. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Go to www.pastosverdesfarm.com slash subscription and let's start this journey together.